got a juice and I got a sauce. I got a juice, might have to put it on pause. I got a juice and I got a sauce. I got a juice, might have to put it on pause. Like, I got a juice and I got a sauce. I got a juice, might have to put it on pause. I got a juice and I got a sauce. I got a juice, might have to put it on pause. Yo, I got a juice, let me bottle it. I'm spilling too much and they clocking it. Make Primark look like designer, amazing man, but don't call me a spider. You ain't got no sauce, you're a liar. Humble kid, I won't dish or retire. Playing with a kid, you be playing with fire. Trying to get ready, but so they don't get tired. My juice don't come in the car, and natural drip, no additives, darling. My drip has a different sauce, don't slip, don't fall, might take your jaw on. I got a juice, I'm spilling it. She wanna dip like vitamin. See feds on the main, spinning it. Don't like my dog, them diligent. I got a juice, and I got a sauce. I got a juice, might have to put it on pause. I got a juice, and I got a sauce. I got a juice, might have to put it on pause, like. I got a juice and I got a sauce, ayy. I got a juice, might have to put it on pause. I got a juice and I got a sauce, ayy. I got a juice, might have to put it on pause. This is the fifth episode in a series of podcasts by Bolo Book Youth Centre for Siraz Radio, where we will set subjects each month on youth identity. We will then ask the young people who attend the youth club to voice their opinions and past experiences on the topics. This month's episode is on home. I think home is like where it's a place where an individual finds a love from his family, finds a place where he feels comfortable and like he feels respected. Uh, what can I say? A home is where a person really can just do and feel what he wants. Well, home is actually fun. Um like, cause it's the only place in the world that loves you back. If you know what I mean, <laughs> like you'll be you'll be at the end of the world, and you'll still like you'll still feel homesick because you want to be at home. Um, nothing can replace your home if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Just coming home, my keys opening my door, just chilling in my house, playing PS4, just going like I said, going into my back garden, front garden, going to the shop up the road. It's like it's like I know where everything is. Like going somewhere else that's brand new, you wouldn't you'll feel different. Like you'll be like, wow, everything's all different and everything's um, not, not, I'm not used to it. Home is where the heart is. Home is where you always feel loved and home is where you're always given the most love and home is just where the heart is. I don't go away. I've only been away from the house one time. I was, one day I slept at a hotel. I was one time I left my house at that overnight. Not missed holiday. I love my bed. I've only been, I've been, I've been, I've been Sweden, but I haven't been at work. Sweden was nice, beautiful country. You could drink the water from the taps, imagine that. Anywhere that I'm with my family, um, I, I move around a lot. Like I've moved around a lot. I've been in like four different secondary schools, two different primary schools. Um, I don't, I don't really, I've never really had a proper, proper home where it's like, oh, this is my home. This is what it looks like every day. This is what's familiar to me. It's where I come back to. Like I've lived in hostels. I've lived, I've lived in all different types of places. I've slept in my car with mum. I've done the whole works, but it's never been one solid place that I consider to be home. Anywhere where my mum and my siblings are all there with me, then that's home. Um, you know, your living situation isn't 
that's not what makes your home you know just because you know you live under a bridge or you know you live in a mansion whatever doesn't really matter it just depends on where you know the closest people to you are and how far away they are from you like what kind of connection you have with those people you know the 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 bond the familiarity i feel like for me I, 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 me um, personally, I can feel comfortable anywhere, to be honest. I feel like, I don't know if that's to do with my upbringing, innit? Because when I was younger, I always used to, when I used to live in the um, Northwest, I would move about a lot. So I would stay at, um, at different places, like where my, where my dad was or where I with my mum. So, and as long as, as long as I had, like, um, family around, so that whether that be my mum and my little brother or other members of family, then yeah, I guess I, I feel comfortable in it. Even if even if everything's not alright, I still feel at home. We're a close family, but we're not close by conventional standards, you know. Like like we don't like we don't sit and eat dinner together, even though my mum wants us to like we're not we're not like that, but it's it's still a thing where like you know anytime anywhere, like we have each other's back. But we're not like the we don't sit down and eat dinner together every night. Like everyone just start arguing about something. But she just my mom just she just thinks that like everyone should have a happy family life, you know. So like I know some that don't live with their mom, some that don't live with their dad, blah blah. And it's like they'll never speak to them, blah. And it's just my mom never wants us to be like that kind of thing. She just wants us to be the again, like even if we would sit down and eat dinner together every night, it's a thing where I could call her any time of the day. I could call her any time of the day for an emergency and she'd come. That kind of thing. That's the kind of home life she wants us to have. And like when we have our own kids and families, she'd want us to be like that as well. What you actually call home is somewhere that's really warm, filled with people that you love and things that make you happy. I just think it's the most important thing is to be with people that you love and that make you feel safe and that make you feel important to them. Um, And that's a big thing as well, like people that are loyal to you, people that will always have your back no matter what and that will like criticize you and make you better, make you a better human being. And if they don't do that, I personally believe that those aren't real people in your life. Those are people that will just literally bring you down and you don't need that in your life you need someone or you need people that are going to make you feel safe make you feel important make you feel like you're doing you and to the best of your ability 24 7. we know we hear stories about a lot of people they go into gangs violence drugs all for the sake of finding acceptance and love you know what I'm saying? All they, all they wanted was just some, some, some love, somewhere to feel comfortable and be accepted as who they are. So people find acceptance in cans or demand over, or, or going to drug abuse or domestic violence or relationships, toxic relationships. They just find, they just want to find love and 
the black just receiving places where it shouldn't be received from the places where they shouldn't be really going to but because they find that in those circle of friendships or groups it really becomes a problem for them for their lives it puts their lives in danger um Somalia is home actually um but I've been living in the UK for nearly my whole life so or more or less say yeah this is where I've been here for the past for 17 16 years of my life so this is what this is what I call home now but Somalia will always be home in the heart so if if I would ever have if I would ever have the chance to go back there I would say yeah I want to go back I want to see who's there I want to see who's around my grandma like my family anyone that's around I would go there and if and houses in Somalia are very cheap as well so as I get older hopefully in in, in the future I'll just get Few houses, and I'll just go and live there for like two, three years, and then come back to the UK. Just, just have, just, just get a bit of a nice sun and you know, eat um, camel meat, anything. Somalia still is Somalia's the homeland, but I was only there for what a couple of months. Then we moved to Ethiopia, where Eunice was born. Then we moved here straight after to the civil war. I grew up in the UK most of my life. Is all I know. Country has done a lot for me, you know what I'm saying? Being a born, born and bred, I'm an Englishman, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, yeah, I'm Somali by family, but yeah, I'm definitely, definitely very proud of being a Somali, British Somali, you know, born and bred here, grew up here. And my whole life is here, basically, man. You know, I've got a lot of respect for this country, they've done a lot for my family as well, you know what I'm saying? Give us a lot of, sorry, God. I feel, like, I feel like the UK is at home. Obviously, I've been to Jamaica a couple of times, like extended extended period of time, but at the same time, although I, I feel, I definitely feel a connection to Jamaica and the people out there and obviously the culture, because that's how I grew up. But I just, that, that being said, I still feel that the UK is my home. This is where, this is where I've, I've learned everything here. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I've made all my friends here, all, all my my vital experiences, I would say I've I've had them in the UK. So yeah. Right now I live in Alberton, like Wembley, but I'd still like I'm still always in Acton because like I lived there for ten years. That's where I grew up. All my friends are there. Blah blah. But then, in a broader sense, I'd also say, I used to think of, like, Nigeria's home, you know, especially my parents, you know. Like, every time we go there, they're like, oh, we're going home. Or, like, if I see other Nigerians, they'll be like, oh, when are you going home, you know? So, but I don't know, because, like, again, like, when I go to Nigeria, I enjoy it, and I really do feel like they're my people, you know? But then, sometimes... I stay for like two months and I'm like, this isn't home. Like, I'm not used to this lifestyle. So, I don't know. For me, it depends on the time and area. Um, I th- no, I think for me, like, patriotically, Nigeria's home. Like, like I, I, well, it sounds stupid, but I like lean more towards Nigerian values and like upbringing and culture than English culture. But then, because I've, like, lived here essentially my whole life, like, I came to this country when I was three. So it's like, everything I know is here. 
London is expensive. London is expensive to see. That's that is a fact. Yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, I, I I'm not thinking of leaving London. London is a joke when it comes to finances. There's the, you, honestly, you can't, you cough and you spent £45 and you've just coughed. And it doesn't make sense to me. I'm so tired of it. And like, this is the only place that I know. I've never been to a different country. I've never, like, I, this is this is home for me. And my home is so like wildly uncomfortable and it's always been wildly uncomfortable to me. It's never been an easy you know, chill life. So my 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 version of home is just kind of like the the happiness in the hardship of existence. I'm actually happy to move out of London just because when there was like one thing I loved about living outside of London, when we got there, it was like there was no light pollution. So the stars were so much brighter and you look up at the night sky and it is so beautiful. Like when there, where there's trees and stuff and it's like, like hella trees like forests and grass and there's animals and nature all of that stuff and there's less roads less cars less people less shops and it's quiet it's it's really beautiful it's really really nice but i i miss the noise i miss the banker rank i miss the plantain you know i missed i miss the culture and this is like i consider london to be home this is what feels like home to me I want to leave London, yes, because London is very, very expensive. But um, to be honest, I get scared when I like, go to places that I don't know or like not familiar with. So um, it is going to be scary. I don't, I don't want to move out of London, but I do want to move out of London, if that makes sense. Yeah, I belong here in the UK. I've lived here my whole life. I don't know living any different. And because I live in Acton, it's very, very, very diverse and multicultural and all of that. So it's where I best feel safe. It's my goal to have a stable and comfortable living situation by the time I get to like 24, 25. Just because of my experiences and not having that place where all, all my roots are and everything's familiar, like it, it kind of, it, it gives me the incentive to create it for myself because it's something that I desire, it's something that I see other people enjoy. My mum's lived in this country for 26 years and we lived in a council flat in South Acton. Our rent was about five to six hundred. And over the recent years, we've seen it increase greatly. We've seen her get into debt every, if there's not every Sunday, there's a post coming out saying that she's in council arrears. And then they're knocking down her house, forcing her to move into a new home within the area. So she's being forced to move in to these new overpriced flats. She's already in debt with the housing that the government said is affordable and livable. So imagine living in a newly built apartment, how she's suspected to live. She walked into that threshold in debt. They were charging us three weeks prior to when we actually stepped foot in the house. Her first letter that ever came to our house, our new building, was an area of 600 pounds. So tell me, how is she supposed to live on rears? If it's not, she can't pay, it's, it's stress. And that's an adult who's lived in the area for 26 years. So imagine vulnerable kids 
who have no place to go. So I was made homeless at the age of 18 because of mm-hmm. um, my cramped like living conditions at my parents' house. Um, once I got kicked out, I was homeless for a period of time. Then I moved into a hostel um, as temporary accommodation and got given a two-year tenancy. Um, and it was explained to me that in that two years, if I were to work, um, I would have to basically pay a large amount of that back into the rent because I would be deemed um, able to afford it. And everything was fine until I got offered a really good, like, well-paid job at a company where I could have basically started to not only save, but basically start the kind of right direction I wanted to go in my career. So... When I got offered the job, um, I went to my key worker, spoke to them, and they told me that I would have to turn it down because I wouldn't be able to afford paying for council tax and my flat, the rent of the hostel itself, and everything put together with this job. And I would actually end up with a lot less than if I were to just not be working and living at the hostel. If I were to get offered this really good job, I should be able to go out and just move into private rented accommodation and start paying for it myself. But I wasn't actually able to save for the deposit and stuff because I'm not allowed to have savings. Or if I do, I have to declare it and then it would just like ruin the whole um, support system that I'd put in place for myself. Yeah, so I had to turn the job down because they weren't really happy with letting me just work there for no kind of, um, with no pay. Mm -hmm. So they said to me that they wouldn't be able to have me there without me getting paid and I couldn't even so much as gain experience there. It was just hard, like... Turning down a job that you know is exactly what you've wanted after studying for it for so long and knowing that this is the perfect opportunity for you, but you can't do it. There's such a high rise in young people living on the street because the government doesn't really give us a sustainable way for us to really live. Even if they do give us spaces, even if it's a hostel or or accommodation, how is a young person, a vulnerable young person, supposed to stay on top of all of that? How are they supposed to do their housing benefit without help? A leaflet's not going to help. The government think that, you know, they can just throw us a bit of money or house and just expect us to get on with it. It's good for the now, but when you grow up and move on with life or within a few months down the line, you're going to be slapped with bills and arrears. And then, you, what, you turn to a way you can get fast money. The only way you know how. You would see people with four-bedroom houses and they're only one person. They don't need all of these bedrooms, but they live in a four-bedroom house because they can afford to do so. And I'm in a position where I can't afford to do so. And, like, I guess everybody that kind of has been there just wants to not be there anymore. And as soon as they're not there, forget about that way of living and live their very best, like, in the very best way that they can. And it's destroying the planet. 
Like, even in my home, I can't be comfortable because I know there are people in third world countries that don't even have a leaf to sleep under. Yeah. Like, I might feel like my situation is the worst in the world and I'm so sad that I moved around so much and I went to so many different schools and blah, 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 blah. But there are people that literally cannot afford clothes. They cannot afford, they, they don't have water, basic water. They don't have hospital services, you know, GP. They don't have anything. And these are the things that I complain about. My life is, is very, very fruitful and I'm rich in, in most ways, right? But when it comes to money, my finances, all of that kind of stuff, you know, I'm a little bit behind everybody else. But when I get there, I will try to live my life in a, in a smart way. At the beginning of lockdown, I was very, 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 very stressed out because all I do is see, look at the four walls in my bedroom and look around my room and stuff. But as lockdown carried on, I felt very, very, very much better about myself because I know everybody's at home and nobody's actually... If someone was to come out, I would be relying on the police to ask them why they are out and what they're doing. And if it's not suitable reasons, then the police would obviously send them home. So during lockdown, I felt ultimately safe. Um, I did feel bored at first, yeah, but as um, lockdown went on and on and on and on, I got kind of used to it. And um, I didn't mind it after a while. Now I don't really like going out much. I prefer to be at home. I just, in that time, I was just, I just, I feel like I found found out a lot about myself. So obviously because you can't just do the same things over and over again. So I tried new things like, um, I started listening to audio books. Um, I, um, I started, doing different exercises in my house because so, obviously I couldn't, I couldn't go to the gym so I told myself that I'm going to have to reinvent the wheel in terms of like finding new ways to occupy my time and yeah yeah I think yeah I, I, me personally I enjoyed the lockdown obviously obviously there were there were times where it was it was hard but overall I, I kind of enjoyed it. But I think for me, the best thing about lockdown was like being at home for so long, just, and it's, I learned to love myself. So we'll say my self-confidence pre-lockdown from about 13 was always just zero. Like, I really did not like myself. Like, it was, I don't even know what it was. Probably it was a whole mixture of things, but just had zero self-confidence. I just learned to like look after myself because it was like I literally had nothing to do. Long story short, it was just, I don't know, just, I just did a lot of simple things like just look after my skin, even though I was blessed with good skin, thank God. Um, eat well. It helped me be able to go from like hating to look in the mirror to like now I look in the mirror and I'm happy and even like auditioning for model modeling jobs, you know. It's kind of sad for a lot of people who get abused at home for lockdown to be happening, but at the same time, you should always like just seek help. These people, like, you, there's like there's there's all these helplines and all these other people that are working in places like just to help people that are going through stuff like that. So you should help them out. 
like a lot of people like one thing I realized about London is a lot of people in a lot of areas don't have youth clubs so that's why they just jump in this, to the street life so so that's that's why that's why like I would more or less say to a lot to all of us I think all of us young people that live in Acton or South Acton Bolo is basically a second home so that's somewhere we can just be, our, be who be who we want to be just be ourselves like not not force a lifestyle we're not involved in if you know what I mean I don't know if I'm bored or if I I don't know like if I've had a bad day just go to Bolo and just you know just as they say let the evil spirits leave you Drink home's a very big vital part, vital part in my life you know but it's similar to Bolo to me and it's like Bolo was like a home as well like a second home for everyone because once you go out there and then once you go out there into the big world, you leave your first home, your parents or family. You go out there, probably get in the day, you just go uni, college, school, high school, wherever. And then obviously, you want to go link up with some friends, probably you might see them in the youth center. So, and to be honest, I've known you lot for like my whole life, basically. And you're basically like just family as well, you get. Yeah, so, Bolo is definitely like a second home to many people in the state. Because when they come below, everyone's a different person. Everyone really feels like they just, they're accepted somewhere, you know? They, it's, it's, a, it's a loving community, you know? Bolo is a place where people could come in from all types of backgrounds and come and just have a good time, you know, whether it be making music, whether it be cooking in the kitchen, whether it be playing FIFA, snooker, you name it. Bolo is really that place where people can just vibes, you know what I mean? Definitely feel very, very comfortable being at Bolo. Definitely see Bolo as probably a second home because uh, Bolo has been in my life for my whole life. Big 20 years, big 21 at the end of this month. You know what I'm saying? So Bolo is definitely a second home for not only me, a lot of people in the hood, in the state. And I've got loads of people in my area that, you know, live near my block. So like, if I ever need anything, always got people to call on next to me. I think Bolo is actually such a great place because there's many people that have said to me that Bolo is actually their place that they call home because it's like your miniature family that you have. Like, even though you do all kind of like get on each other's nerves like 24 seven, but you always know that you can count on them to actually like build you up and be your sense of home, quote unquote. So I think at the end of the day, they always have a home and they know they always have a home, whether that be like the person that they talk to um, like once in a while or like most of the time, in which cases that I know it's Bolo. And I can also say like, yes, I have my home. I have my family as well, but I also have Bolo because uh, Bolo has just given me opportunities I did not know I could get in life in general. I just thought, you know what, I've got one road in my face. I need to go to that road. But Bolo has like really helped me branched out, meet some new people and like actually have a second home. So yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast with Suraz Radio. Everyone featured in the podcast are young people that attend Bolo Book Youth Centre in South Acton. If you'd like to find out more about the centre and the projects that happen there, then go to youngeeling.co.uk. 
All the music in this episode was made in the music studio at Bollet. The intro song was Juice by West Finest, and to finish is a collaboration between Bollet and the Congo in the picture. A youth group from the Democratic Republic of Congo, this track is called My Home. Thanks to Soas for the support and giving us a platform for the podcast. We'll be back next month for the next edition. Yours. Action will 